Hello and welcome to Match Day FM. It's Morgan and it's deflected in out of absolutely nothing. Curzon and Ashton lead. Dixie to Hardy. Hardy in behind. Hardy past the goalkeeper. Hardy into the goal. 2-1 filed. Chance of Colin Day bubbling everywhere again. The other shot. And it's in. It's a recall as for Colin Day. It's been coming. What's a gap and he goes through it. And Akron gets the first try of the game for Siddle. They've got it with Smith, they've got it with Smith, they've got to score with Smith, unbelievable. Great chance, they've won it, Ashton have won it. Hello and welcome back to another special Match Day FM Royal Ascot podcast. Myself, Joe Richardson in the chair, joined once again by Harry Reynolds and Ben Wignall as we look ahead to Ascot Gold Cup Day, which headlines day three of the meeting had two exciting days so far and we're at the halfway stage i'll bring the lads in in just a minute but let's go through uh the card then another seven races to enjoy from uh the berkshire track we start at 115 then with the golden gates handicap run over a mile and two furlongs then at 150, it's the Wolfton Stakes, a listed contest over the same trip, a mile and two furlongs. Then at 225, it's the Jersey Stakes, uh, Group 3, uh, over seven furlongs. Then at 3 o'clock is the Chesham Stakes, another listed race, and an important two-year-old race uh, at this stage of the two-year-old calendar. Then we have the feature race, the uh, Blue Ribbon event of the whole meeting, the Ascot Gold Cup. Uh, run over two miles, four furlongs for the stayers. Then at 4.10, it's the Britannia Stakes Heritage Handicap over a mile. And we round things off with the Sandringham Stakes over a mile, Phillies uh, Handicap. Uh, so uh, good evening, gentlemen, Harry and Ben. Hello, Joe. Joe. Nice, nice to be here again. Yes, and tackling day three. So we'll get straight into it then with the Gold Cup. Uh, run, as I said, over two miles and four furlongs for the stayers who take centre stage. And uh, Ben, if you could kindly take us through the runners and riders. Yeah, well, as expected, uh, Stradivarius, the back-to-back winner of this race, is a general four-to-seven favourite for Frankie Dettori and John Gosden. Um, second favourite is Technician for Martin Mead. Uh, who won a Group 1 in France at the back end of last season. Uh, Sheen Murphy gets a ride on him. Cross-counter, former Melbourne Cup winner, 6-1 for Godolphin. William Buick's decided to take on Moonlight Spirit, who's the second string uh, seemingly for Godolphin at 12s. Nayef Road for Mark Johnson coming in at 12s also. He won the Segaro Stakes at Newcastle a couple of weeks back. And then Prince of Aaron, 25-1 to for Charlie Fellows. He's a a globe trotter who's raced in a lot of countries, including Australia. Withhold at thirty-three to one for Roger Charlton, and then the outsider fifty to one is Mekong for Jamie Osborne. Great stuff. So a field of eight then assembled for the Gold Cup of this year, and the red-hot favourite, as Ben said, is Stradivarius going for his third Gold Cup. We'll talk about his chances in a minute, but uh, I'll come to you first, Harry. How does he compare Stradivarius to the great stayers? Of, uh, of all time. Well, I mean, you'd have to put him up there. Obviously, any horse that can put a winning streak of 10 races together over these sort of distances where there's so much room for error and so much can go wrong. What he's been beating, you can crab a lot, I would I would say. Um, it's not the horse's fault. Obviously, he can only beat what's put in front of him. But 
it's fair to say that you know there have been better eras than having to constantly beat DHB into second or or the like. So although he is a great stayer, obviously anyone who wins a gold cup, let alone two on the spin, is a is a very good stayer. Um, I I think there's sort of a lot to be desired about the horses he's been beating, and obviously as we'll get onto with the absence of Kew Gardens in this race, it looks like much of the same. Yeah, so you've teamed me up quite nicely there. So Q Gardens is a uh, he's he's not running in this. And uh, Ben, we we were all looking forward to a potential matchup between Stradivarius and Q Gardens, who uh, faced off in the Long Distance Cup on Champions Day in October. And uh, well, Q Gardens brought to the end Stradivarius's long uh, unbeaten run. Yeah, he hadn't been beaten since October 2017, Stradivarius, and he was a hot favourite that day, but I don't know if it was a ground, because it was very testing that day, and we saw some surprising winners and places in other races. But yeah, going over another half a mile over this trip for Kew Gardens, it would have been his first try at the uh, at the distance. Um, it would have been a very exciting race, but now that he's not in there, it does seem... Very straightforward to Stradivarius, and he's had a good prep run at Newmarket. Over it was a, a mile less than what this trip is, but he still looked pretty sharp, and he probably needed that run. And I can't see anything else in the field getting past him. Did Did you see that uh, that run at Newmarket, as you mentioned, as a he's not being campaigned at an arc, is he? He's he's staying at this staying distance. Well, the, uh, there was apparent mentions of him going to the Arc last year at the back end of the season. Um, he's definitely shown he's got speed to last at a mile and a half. He just found Gaiath too good uh, a couple of weeks ago. But if I was his owner, I wouldn't necessarily go to the Arc. I'd just keep over the steam races. Yeah, I think that's where his, his future lies. It might be his last season. We never know. He'll be going to stud some point soon. But yeah, I can't see any other steer in this race or any future races beating him. Even Q Gardens comes back. He's still got something to prove over the, this distance anyway. Well, uh, we are going to still talk about the rest of the field. Um, Technician is the second favourite. Third favourite is uh, Cross Counter. Harry, again, both of these have been beaten by Stradivarius. Any, any chance for them? Uh, Cross Counter, I would say... Definitely not. Um, he was well touted for this last year, and even again at Goodwood. And yeah, he's just just not good enough, as we saw. And it brings back the point that we've, we've mentioned previously about the form in those sort of countries like Australia. It doesn't really translate over here, and our horses are so much better. Um, with forecasts, I mean that would definitely bring technician into it. Uh, ben mentioned about the ground when Kugans beat Stradivarius. John Gosden's been on the record a lot and said that. He needs fast ground. I know he's been able to win on soft the goings, but that just shows how good the horse is. Unfortunately, that day his sort of speed was blunted, and that's why I think Hugan's managed to beat him. Um, technician is a bit of a mudlark. His last four wins have all been on ground conditions, whether really soft or heavy in the going. His form is pretty good as well. He beat Call the Wind in a Group One in France, and he went on to win the Saudi Cup in Riyadh, and has since won a Group Three. He was he was beaten at the weekend actually, and then. Um, in the group two, but he got absolutely no luck in running and, and flew home when he got out. So the form is good. The thing with Tennyson, again, you're taking a risk is he does need a lot of rain and also it's his first try over this trip. So is he going to be able to get home if the ground isn't 
to him. Um, I'm not sure. And obviously, no other horse in this race has the, the turn of foot that Shadavarius has. So he does need conditions to go for him. If I mean, that is his biggest weapon, as we, again, we saw in the arc with Enable. That turn of foot with when the ground is, is that bad, that's just a massive weapon completely taken out of their game. So we'd have to wait and see what the ground comes up on the day. But if, if it's very testing, I would give Technician a good chance. Otherwise, it should just be a walk in the park with other areas. Yeah, and uh, so no prizes as the guessing who you're going to all pick and uh, select Stradivarius all the way. But one at a prize, who would you uh, who would you back each way for three three places? Well, Nayef Road won the Sagaro at Newcastle recently. That was on the uh, the all weather. Can he get two and a half miles? Maybe um, he didn't run too badly in this at Ledger over a mile six. That was at the top level. The last two in the market, Withhold and Mekong, they're essentially handicappers and I cannot see them troubling even the places. Uh, Moonlight Spirit, not terribly unexposed, but I can't see him um, having a quality to trouble Stradivarius. At a price, I'd probably say Nayef Road in the top three, but yeah, it's all about Stradivarius for me. Mm. And uh, Harry, Stradivarius, part of many multiples for you this week? Yeah, as I say, I'll be worried about them if if it does go soft or heavy. I mean, looking through the card now, if it does go like that, the technician's basically the only one in the race who's placed to handle those conditions. So the, the odds that Ben went through earlier, sort of 11 to 2, they could come crashing down. It does a lot of the yeah, I mean, as well. Yeah, exactly. And to be honest, if you, I'm even trying to give you one at a prize, but I just, I just can't. But for a Gold Cup, like, so disappointing that... That nothing else to turn up. Obviously, Q Gun's gonna been in here, and you know it's just really bad luck that he's he he wasn't. Uh, they weren't happy with him. Sorry, the uh, O'Brien clan. So, yeah, I mean, I don't see Cross Counter finishing third. I mean, maybe Prince of Aaron at twenty five is a big prize to get a place, but I'm not sure he really goes on testing conditions. So, yeah, it's it's just a poor renewal, and it's unfortunate, but that's the, the way it goes sometimes. Stradivarius all round then for that. So the, the Gold Cup is a warm, warm favourite for that. You're listening to the Matchday FM podcast. Why not let us know what you think? Get in touch by searching for Matchday FM on social media. Let's rewind and go through uh, the card. We're going to do it in chronological order and start with the first race, the 115, which is the Golden Gates handicap over uh, 10 furlongs. And the market at the moment is shared, joint top by acquitted for Ryan Moore and Hugo Palmer and the Gosden Vittori combination team up again with hypothetical. Global Storm is also near the top of the market. Harry, who do you fancy here? Well, I came down on a few, and it's a tough race to nail your colours to the mask straight away. Um, hypothetical, as we seem to mention so often, that form in the classic trial just gets warmer and warmer, and off 97 here, you could potentially be well in. Um, I don't really like the price, so even though the form could be bolstered by the time this race goes off, I'm sort of happy to go past him. The one I was kind of most interested in was Maori Knight and had a comeback run over uh, this distance off the same mark at Haydock was was literally just touched off by Camelot so he should get this trip obviously well within his compass and is only carrying eight stone three 
in his form as well in the past. He was a length and a half a horse called Rab, who's now rated 97. So a stone off that, it could be a very good chance for him. Although I will give a mention to Global Storm, who's two from two in handicaps, and Yahayati as well, who ran an absolute shocker on the dirt at Maidan. But he's only had one start on turf and won that. So there's a few that can go well. Obviously, this is another one where fans will be paying a lot of places. But I think the one I'm sort of most drawn to is Maori Knight. I like Maori Knight as well. It's got the highest racing pass rating as well, and we know it'll be race fit having ran at Haydock. Um, and as you said, hypothetical, if Berlin Tango wins the, the Hampton Court, then he probably will go short in the market. The other favourite, though, along with hypothetical, acquitted, it looked like he was going to get the better of Palace Pier, the very highly rated John Gosden horse at Newcastle uh, last week. But Palace Pier showed his class in the end, um, pulled away, won, and the Rab Havlin struggled to pull him up. Five to one favourite, though, suggests it's an open race on the whole. But I'm willing to go with hypothetical, even without knowing if Berlin Tango is going to win or run well in the um, in the Hampton Court. He will be my pick. He's one of the least unexposed in the field. Hypothetically, you'd say. <laughs> yeah, hypothetically, indeed. And uh, Harry, what about you? Selection? Yeah, Mary Knight for me, although not um, not a very strong one. Not not the most sort of confident pick I'll, I'll ever give you, but again, as we said in the other podcast, if you put a gun to my head right now, I'd say Mary Knight. And uh, you can see all our tips on the Matchday FM website. We're bringing out our tips every day of Royal Ascot, and uh, there's been some interesting picks so far, some more successful ones than others, but we'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we, we won't go into the details. Moving on. Your- you can plug your old tip if you want, Joe. Oh yeah, no, okay, no, okay. I'm, I'm. I mean, I'm I mean, it let me. I mean, it, it. I mean, it cost me 120 quid, Joe. But you know, that's fine. Ch- that chinned, was... chinned me for 120 quid. That's okay. You can plug it. I'm not hurt. Yeah, no, it's fine. Called a line in the in the first race on. That uh, was a very good pick, to be on fair. Day one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'll, you know, I'm not going to say that I'm anywhere near you lads in terms of racing knowledge, but I, I picked one out at price. I didn't that think was, it. Was, I didn't think it would win, good. but it was going to stay and. There we go. One. So uh, let's let's see if I can continue. I doubt it, but we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we will try. We will try, indeed. The next race we're going to look at is the 150 on day three, which is the Wolfton Stakes, listed race over 10 furlongs. Uh, the market is headed by Andrew Balding's Fox Tau uh, with Sylvester D'Souza in the saddle. So Dragon A is in this and Regal Reality as well as the Lingfield Winter Derby trial winner, a Dubai warrior as well. Let's start, lads, with Sir Dragonet. This time last year, he was favourite for the Derby. What's gone wrong, wrong since? I would put it down to the fact that they sort of rushed him into the Derby and he wasn't quite ready for it. Understandably so. I mean, you've had to be an idiot after that Chester Vars performance when he won by eight lengths not to go for the Derby. But it sort of all seemed to happen too much for him. And it must have given his confidence a massive knock because he's obviously not won since reappearance this year was in a listed race and he just got very very well beaten by a, a horse who was nowhere near or should have been nowhere near as good as him and he was sort of clear at the weights and very disappointing and unfortunately it seems to happen with these derby horses sometimes that they just never come back the same after that run and you can definitely say that for him so obviously as you've said like a year and a few weeks ago he was red hot favorite for the derby and they were thinking he's going to be the best thing since sliced bread and 
here we are. And that's the way the game goes sometimes. I would say his price is based on reputation and not his obviously form. Anyone who watched that last run could never back him in a month of Sundays. So I think this is a good race where you can get a bit of value. But um, in a weird way, having said all that, like it would be nice to see Sir Dragon put in a big run just to show that there is something of the fire still left burning. But I would be very doubtful that there is. Ben, that, that run, as Harry just mentioned there at Nace, seems like a long, long time ago. But remember, that was the week after uh, the UK racing had stopped and Ireland went for another week. It just seems so long ago. It was. Um, and I expect him to win that day. He was very heavy odds on, beaten very easily. Um, markedly, though, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I think it was 8-15, to I think, wasn't he? Yeah. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it drifted like a badge. And he he obviously looked like a superstar last year. And he, he didn't even he didn't even run badly in the derby. It was pretty much a blanket finish. And some of the other O'Brien runners like Anthony Van Dyke and Japan were just better than run the day. Um, but he flattered to deceive at the for the rest of the season. If you're looking at his last run, maybe he needed it, maybe he didn't. But I think there's better value in the race than after what he did at Nace. Let's touch on the favourite then, Fox Tal. Is he a rightful favourite in your eyes? Yeah, I would say so. He's got the best form in the, in the book. Only three and a half lengths off Magical in the champion stakes at Ascot in October. So dropping down to listed company from that is one hell of a step. The issue is, hasn't obviously run since then, but did win after 11 months out last year. So if he's fit, he's going to be very hard to beat. Obviously, that's the big question and... I guess in this case, the odds probably are fair on, on the base of that form. Would I back him personally? No. But if he won, I don't think I'd be shocked. I'm a bit wary on Foxtel. His form before the Champion Stakes at Ascot on Champions Day wasn't amazing. It was just pretty moderate. Uh, and we know it was run on a bog that day, all the races on Champions Day. Magical, uh, sorry, Regal Reality was in behind as well, finishing down the field. It's a pretty tough race to way up this and John Gosling's got two as well in the race got cross batting he showed promise as a as a three year old but he um, faded out really over that season and he's got Dubai Warrior as well who was an Epsom Derby fancy last year after just one run didn't end up going there and he's only run on turf in his career so far he finished down the field in France dominated the winter derby though on the old weather a few months ago I still think he's got potential but Frankie de Tori out of the two he's chosen Cross Batten, who looks the more exposed of the two. So I wouldn't say that John Gosling's got the strongest hand in this. And I wouldn't, to be fair, have a massive fancy for this race as well. I'd like to see who Harry thinks he's going to win first. Because I'm <laughs> putting the ball straight in his court. Okay, I'll send you a tip for a premium, Ben, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not confident in anything in this. It's an open race, but. No, I completely agree. I'm not particularly confident. To be honest, my pick is. Dubai Warrior. I am worried with the fact that he is one run on turf, he was second last. But at the same time, luckily I managed to snap up 12 to 1 on him when the decks were made. So it's a decent each way bet in a race that there's a lot of question marks in, in the other runners and he could well run into a place at those odds. I, I'm also a bit concerned, obviously, that the Tories on cross baton, which, as we obviously said before we recording, just seems nonsensical. But I would say, frankly, the Tory knows more than us about horses. So I guess we'll be more likely proven wrong there. Yeah, it's not, again, not one I'm particularly strong on. I just think Dubai could still have more to come. Exactly more than he's shown after that last run. 12-1 to 1 for 
a race like this was a, a decent price, albeit he has got a penalty for that win because the win at Derby was a Group 3. He's also got a penalty as well, Rab Havlin on his back, because he's definitely not a jockey like Frankie de Tori. These are Ben Wigdon and not the rest of us at Match Day Yes, 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 yes. Um, just like my Australia comment the other day. So, Dubai Warrior for you at a price, Harry? Yeah. Selection? Yeah. And Ben, what about you? If you're going to have to push me for one, I'd... I'll go with Regal Reality after he's been gelded. Uh, maybe you can find some improvement. But yeah, I wouldn't be running into this race back in anything with a lot of money. No, I'd agree with you there. I, I've, I've always quite liked Regal Reality. I remember him running quite well in the Eclipse at Sandown. But, well, yeah, well, well, he won the Brigadier Gerard last year, didn't he? Yeah. I was just going to say quickly, actually, on, on this race last year, you got to think, this was a day the Magic Ma- One. Magic One, yeah. How mental is that? You've got like, uh, people, uh, two horses that have won Group 1s in Australia and now we're left with this <laughs> and I was waiting on Magic 1 to win quite a, yeah. a couple I hundred quid and it didn't happen this is the Matchday FM podcast bringing you debate, discussion and the occasional audio argument as we talk the best and worst of sport you can find details of upcoming episodes on our social media to search for Matchday FM Let's see if you like the uh, 225 any better. It's the Jersey Stakes run over seven furlongs. Market is headed by Goslin de Tori again with King Leonidas. How do we pronounce that, please? I think it's King Leonidas. Okay, thank you. And no guess, uh, but I'm no Greek. Yeah, I'll no. go with that. <laughs> uh, Malatham is uh, second favourite along with Monarch of Egypt. It's not Karar. I didn't say Karar like Chris Coffin. No, good. We don't want any Karars. <laughs> the Karar. The Karar. Uh, certainly not like that. Who wants to take this one up? I will. I will go first because this is this King Leonidas is about as impeccably bred as you are going to get. He's a kingman foal out of a Galileo mare and that is just ridiculous. He's unbeaten in two. Obviously, you've got the Torian Gosden and he absolutely whacked a half-brother to Thunder Snow at Newmarket, giving him £7 last time out and that was very impressive the issue is here Molotham's got some ridiculous form he beat Wichita who was second in the Guineas in a listed race in September and was a neck behind Mums Tipple on debut so I think it's a it's a race basically between these two certainly in terms of potential I know there's some other horses in there who've raced at a decent level but King Leonidas is one that could be anything and with that sort of breeding the price isn't the best but I'm willing to take a chance on that because he could be anything yeah, he was going away at the end on that in that race at Newmarket. And Maltham as well, you said he's got some real good form. I know Mum's tipple's not been the horse that we thought it would. Um, I know it's reverting back to sprinting. Perhaps this way, I think he might be going to the Commonwealth Cup. But Maltham, we were there, I think, at York. Yeah, we were. He yeah. won the Convival Maiden, which is normally a pretty good standard bearer for the Maidens over the course of the year. He was quite away behind Military March in his final race of the season. Obviously, Military March is one of the favourites for the Epsom Derby. He could make a good three-year-old. We'll have to see on the day if he's grown into his uh, into his frame. Other horses that are just behind these in the odds, Celestine comes over from France, having ran fourth in the French 2000 Guineas, behind Victor Ladorum. And Aidan O'Brien's bringing Monarch of Egypt over, who hasn't won since his debut over in Ireland last year. Uh, he ran in the Irish 2000 Guineas last Friday. He tried to get up the rail, uh, and as we know, it was a pretty messy race going towards the end. I wouldn't 
right off Monarch of Egypt, despite not winning since his debut. Still think he retains quite a bit of potential, but I do think it's between the top two in the market, King Leonidas and Molotham. So which one are you going to choose, Ben? This one, I'll go against what Harry says, and I'll go with Molotham. If he retains anything like his two-year-old form, beating Wichita and Berlin Tango, then I think he could win this. And as well, you can look back a few years, uh, Ribchester won this race, and then he went on to become the best male in Europe a year later. So this has the potential for a horse to come out and be a genuine group one-quality horse. Yeah, to be fair, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Molotham won. He's obviously got the form in the book and, has, and that is very smart form. But I'm just willing to go with the potential in this case and, and the pedigree. I think it's a bit more striking. And obviously, the, his race fit as well, King Leonardus. And he, he's won over a mile. So, you know, he, he can be bang there. It's a stiff finish, as we've mentioned a few times. And I think he it will just keep powering away at the hill. Excellent stuff. Let's move on to the three o'clock, which is the Chesham Stakes, a two-year-old race. Listed race over seven furlongs. Market is headed at the moment by Modern News for Godolphin. William Buick uh, for Charlie Appleby. Battleground for Bally Doyle, Ryan Moore and Aidan O'Brien is up there at the top of the market as well. As Bright Devil for Oshin Murphy and Andrew Balding. We, don't, we know both of those are in red hot form at the minute. Modern News, let's start with that. Yay! Came out on debut at Newmarket a couple of weeks ago and it was just headed Noble Dynasty. Another Godolphin horse that cost a hell of a lot of money. Mikhail Boslon was on Modern News that day and he definitely looks like the most exciting horse in the race. It's interesting to note as well, it's a smaller field this year, obviously because of the delayed start to the season. And seven out of the last ten winners of this race have won a race before coming to the Chesham. Only four out of the nine in the field have done that. So I think the odds at the minute, he was 11-4 to the last time I looked. So I think that represents pretty good odds for a horse with the pedigree he's got and the, the, winning, the winningness he showed at Newmarket. Yeah, just to go back to what Ben said about Noble Dynasty, the horse he beat that day, that's actually a half-brother to Barney Roy. So that shows you sort of a, a decent level of form. If, you know, we're assuming, obviously, that he's going to be at anywhere near the level of Barney Roy doesn't obviously always work like that but I was very impressed and I just spoke about the pedigree of King Leonidas this is this modern news is by Shamadal out of a new approach mare and again like that's phenomenal breeding so he is probably the one for me a couple others I like in Bright Devil he was 25 to 1 when he won on debut he's sort of obviously more exposed in the market here the, the, the concern I had there is he made all that day and the track was obviously favouring front runners at the time uh, the other horse I like in this is Concessions. Um, she gets £5 Philly's weight allowance and is only one of two in the race. We've actually run over the seven furlong distance and she was flying home that day. So this is going to suit the problem with her is she's the owner's second string. So there is that. Um, I don't like Battleground at all, to be honest. I think it might have been a strong race that he ran in behind Lucky Vega, horse of Jesse Harrington's, that they seem to really like. And Lipizzana, an O'Brien horse, was second in that race. He has been well-backed. Obviously, there is that, you know, the lads will get on if they are confident. So, <laughs> the lads. <laughs> yeah, the lads. And they appear to be on. Um, but on. I am definitely off. And there is no value at the price. But it is this thing with pedigrees and stuff. I mean, this is the first cold found by Warfront. So that's pretty striking as well. And maybe that would explain the price. I personally was a lot more taken with 
Mother News. And yeah, I'm, I'm happy to go with that. Anyone else further down the market catch your eye? There's one other horse that I like the look of when I was watching Newbury last week on Friday night. First profit, Charlie Fellows. Um, it was the first, I think, all the horses in the race they hadn't run before, but there was a horse called Al Watan first day he'd been to her that was pretty well fancied in that race and first profit got his head in front and won that and it comes straight to Ascot and it's a former did De- Dexter Blackstock did he used to play for Southampton Joe? He did yeah yeah he's not very good own. but no he's part of the ownership <laughs> for this horse um, is he? oh well yeah he is I read, uh, read it this this past week yeah it'd be nice for him if he gets a Royal Ascot winner but I can't really see past the, uh, the favourite modern news even though his favourite is a pretty nice price. I never thought Dexter Blackstock would get a run out on a racing podcast, but there we go. <laughs> um, selection time. Modern news for me. Yep, I'll go with Harry as well. Modern news. Excellent stuff. And then if we move on now to talk about the penultimate race, the 410, which is the Britannia Stakes run over the straight mile, a heritage handicap, not to 105. And it's uh, pretty, pretty tight at the top end of the market uh, for the minute. Finest sound is up there for Simon and Ed Crisford, a joint uh, training partnership for Andrea Azzini. Enemy is up there as well for uh, John Gosden. Oshin Murphy is in the saddle. Also up there, Verbotten, another Gosden runner, Detori rides, and Johan is uh, the mount of James Doyle. Who wants to take this one? Well, the horse that heads the market find the sound. It looked very impressive when it won at Haydock earlier in the month. And Enemy as well looked impressive on debut last year, but it came out at Yarmouth uh, last week. And only came second when it was heavily backed. They both got race fitness, though, so you can see why they're, they're up there. Starcat's an interesting one. He's dropping back in, in class after running the 2,000 guineas for Hughie Morrison. He ran all right for most of it. He just ran out of room a bit and faded. A horse I like at a price, though, is Path of Thunder for Godolphin. He beat another Godolphin horse in Cypher in a novice race at Haydock last year. Cypher then went... On to win his next race and then he reappeared last week at Newbury in a very hot looking novice contest only being beaten off at the end by Almador who looks like a very promising one for Sheikh Hamdan and Richard Hannon looks like a very definite improver and at a price at around 12 to 1 I think he is he looks like Godolphin's first string with Buick on him I'd be willing to back that at 12 to 1 Interesting. Harry, any lurkers in there for you? Yeah, I mean, I came down on three. Again, this is not a race where I've sort of got the most definitive opinion on. Finer sound, I really like the look of last week, obviously. Uh, first half being gelded, and that seems to have done the trick because he absolutely bolted up. Got form behind Palace Pier off the mark of 87. You would say he's, you know, really well treated. Four runs he's had, so pretty experienced compared to a lot of the horses in this race. The other one I like is... Dubai Mirage, who bumped into Molotham at York last season and reappeared last week at odds of Valencia 4 on at Kempton, but won by four and a half lengths very, very easily. And maybe not got the best draw, but bags of potential. Yeah, like Ben, I like Path of Thunder at a bit of a price as opposed to the five to one ish on finest sound. Uh, again, the form speaks for itself. Uh, the, the one piece of form I sort of noted there was that he was a neck behind. Maxi Boy at Yarmouth on the second start, and Maxi Boy is now rated 100. So, Path of Thunder gets in this off 92. 
you know, you'd be able to say he's better than the bear rating there, definitely. Main concern for me is he's been off for elements and if is he going to be fit? Generally, horses from the Ackerby stable can defy that and can go well off the first run. But I'm willing to take a chance on that at a decent odds, certainly an each-way price. He's won his last two starts since he was up to this seven furlong trip. So, yeah, I think he's got every chance. Like I say, those those three are the ones I came down on. Not one particularly standing up, but I think the the best bet would be Path of Thunder at, at those odds. Good stuff. Remember, we, we you don't have to bet in all these races. Uh, there's 36 no, of them. Don't. Uh, 36 of them of all, uh, in all, sorry. Bet, the, uh, bet responsibly. Uh, exactly, bet, bet uh, responsibly. When the fun and, stops, stop. Yes, when the fun stops, stop. And uh, it's, it's the trick that uh, you can leave some of these races it's an art to not bet in some of these but uh, a, a selection please from you ben i'll go path of thunder um looks like a very progressive one yeah the only worry is it's on the other side of the race course and you see a lot of these handicaps the the stand side but motorcale came up the the center and one i'll stick with my fancy with path of thunder you're listening to the match day fm podcast And moving on to the final race on the card, which is the Sandringham Stakes for the Phillies, another 0 to 105. And the market is like, well, I'm not actually going to tee this one up because Harry has already decreed it is his nap of the uh, week. Yeah, absolutely. Biggest banker in Royal Ascot history. If this loses, then I'm getting <laughs> off. Obviously, it'll find a way to get beat. But um, yeah, African Dream, this is the dream of all punters. It's simple. Last week at Newbury, she was a nose-off Stylistique who's rated 106 and Stylistique was getting £7 from African Dream. So you figure that rating out, you're looking wow. at 110 plus at least. African Dream is running here off a mark of 80. I mean, this should just win half the track. This should just win easily. This is like to, uh, over two stone well in, effectively. If she gets beat, I'm going to have to question everything I know about horse racing. <laughs> Uh, we've we've all been there at times. Uh, ben, do you concur? Yeah, I can't really argue with what he said. She had to give seven pounds away to Stylistic, who ran second in the Rockfell last year group race at Newmarket, and the winner of that race, Dyer, yeah, is pretty highly rated from Godjevarian Stable. If she performs like that again, African Dream, and has a clear run, she'll be extremely difficult to beat. Could be one of the best bets of the week, actually. Last time I looked, she was two to one. People start twigging onto the. This I think you'll start. do well to get that. That I yeah. mean, when I looked earlier, that price is collapsing. So I think people yeah. will start sort of look, yeah, twigging onto that and yeah, get on if you're going to get on. There's all I think there's only two other horses that are single figure prices as well. Sofika for Michael Stout. She was second in the Group Three in just the second start in declared interest of Rafe Beckett. Won a handicap at Chelmsford last week, so she's raced but pretty well down in the weights. Uh, if there's one at double price odds, double figure odds, I'd take Dubai Love maybe she's top weight um, but she's ran nicely over in Dubai in the winter she won the UAE 1000 guineas but that was all on dirt her races over there no idea how that kind of form will transfer back over to the UK let alone back on the grass but I wouldn't rule her out she's got the Tory on her back but no I can't see past African Dream here so two votes for African Dream and now we move on to the best bit of the day. And, well, Harry, you've already said it, African Dream. Yeah, you don't need to ask me. African Dream, if this loses, I'll be fleeing probably to Africa 
to get away from <laughs> horse racing. So, <laughs> I don't best, partic- best bit of the day. I don't particularly like having handicapped horses as my best bet of the day. So I will go for Modern News in the Chesham simply because of the pedigree and how it won its debut race. I can't see anything of the same quality in the Chesham. So I will go with Modern News as my bet of the day. I'm really going to chicken out, to be honest. Uh, th- this 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 day is is not my punting day, but uh, I I like in the Wolferton. I like Regal Reality, and I also like Dubai Warrior at price. But that brings us to an end of uh, the day three Match Day FM Royal Ascot podcast, and uh, we will be back again looking at day four. Still two days to go. Still two more podcasts left, and you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple and Spotify, and look out for our tips. Uh, every day on our social media channels. See you later.